I'm Cam. I'm Casey. And we would be hanging out a lot this summer. But are unfortunately separated by quarantine. He's in Maryland. And he's in New Mexico. So we figured we'd start planning the road trip now. Every week we'll pitch a song to create the perfect road trip playlist. And probably veer off topic quite a bit. So this is Cam and Casey Casey across the country. (laughs) (laughs) This week, like we talked about last week, is nature songs. So it's songs that have something to do with the sky or the sun or i was thinking because it's like towards the end of the or towards the night r- part of the road trip so the sun is setting you're appreciating nature more you're like wow and so that's what today is i like it so i was i i created this thing and then i struggled to find songs <laughs> even though like <laughs> there are a lot of songs that i think work but I just didn't know what tone I wanted what and what I wanted to talk about. Um, I ended up going with more of a laid-back tone. Like, that's kind of the direction that we're going. It's not quite as um, upbeat, necessarily. But these aren't really, like, sad songs, I would say. Okay. Maybe one of them is. Okay. But the first song... <laughs> we're still building up. <laughs> uh, the first song just randomly came to mind, I think, when I was shuffling. Because it's like... I know very I know nothing about the artist. I only know this song. It showed up on my like ex, uh like discover weekly kind of thing. Um and I just really like it. It's pretty long. It's a joint song. I really only listened to like the first half of it, but that doesn't make any make the whole thing any any worse. So the song is called Thorns on a Rose slash Roots by the Citrus Clouds featuring Old Tribe. Yeah, so this is not my normal genre of music. I'm not really always into electronic-based songs. But this one has some really strong lyrics. The melody is also really strong. I like how the vocals are kind of caked and very overproduced. Um, I also picked it because it's like kind of how I'm feeling today. Like I'm just very kind of like logy today. And it just feels like a very much like (laughs) sit on the hammock, kind of don't do anything sort of song. I like that there's always thorns on a rose. I like the premise of that. So that's my pick. That's my pick today. I never would have expected you to pick a song from these guys. I These guys are, to my knowledge, a UK-based kind of electronic group. Um, and the song that I knew was called Fire Exits, which came out in like 2014. And it's because it was the outro song for a YouTuber I used to watch all the time in like late middle school, early upper school. Um, and it was very niche, I think, until this guy kind of made it popular. Like these guys were pretty unknown until this one YouTuber was like, hey, everyone come look at this. <laughs> um, and yeah, I never would expect you to, to, to know of these guys or actually to choose a song from them. I'm super happy. Yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere, I mean, for me, too, because it, like, I've had this, I think, in my library probably since end of, like, middle end of senior year, and it just, it's one of those songs that came up because it was similar to other stuff that I was listening to. It was probably similar, kind of, at least the vocals, because I'm assuming the featuring is the vocals, like, I, it's probably an EDM Mm -hmm. group, right? Yep. So, I assume that the guy doing the vocals is probably more of a lo-fi type pop artist. And that's probably why it showed up. Um, But it's just a very relaxing song. 
I'm curious, what do you what what are your feelings on like double songs where it has sort of that slash in the middle and it's technically two songs but it's one track? I am a fan, actually. I really like it when there's a like distinct kind of break somewhere in the middle of the song. Like it's one song, but it has two very distinct sounds. Um in this case, I feel like it could have just been two songs because it's six and a half minutes long yeah um i like it when it's like a regular length song that's just a harsh divide like that and especially when it's it fits the narrative of the song if you're telling a story and maybe you're talking about like a love story at first and then halfway through things go south and it kind of becomes a little darker a little sadder and you have like a musical change to accompany that i think it can sound really good but i think if you're gonna have your song be six and a half minutes, I would argue you should probably just split it into two songs because most people don't want to listen to songs that are that long. I also think Imagine Dragons did this really well in Night Visions, and I forget which two songs it is, but they just have two songs bleed into each other, like seamlessly, even though they're very different. Yeah, it's something in rocks. I forget. Yes. Yep. Nothing left to say. Nothing left to say now. I forget what the I think so. actual song is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that. I've always loved um that sound. So I'm a big fan actually. I like the the double double song in one song. <laughs> I'm sure there's a proper name for it, but <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I have no idea what it is either. But because I'm curious because it's like I have liked the idea of it, but it's almost always a song that's relatively long. It's almost always like legitimately two songs pushed together. And I have to assume that there's some narrative thematic reason for an artist to to do that. Like, yeah, Imagine Draggies with that song. That song's like eight or nine minutes, I think. But it has that big drum solo or that just like musical break because they like to do that. They're They're pretty intense musicians. But the band that comes to mind is Green Day. I think American Idiot does it like three or four times where oh, it's okay. like yep. songs that are pretty iconic. And I mean, unless it's, there are songs that I think of with um, like beat changes or melodic changes. But when you put a slash in it, it implies that it was two songs to begin with. Like Nights or Pyramids from Frank Ocean is like two or three different songs, but it's, it, that's just what it's called. So it's like, okay, it's the same song. I don't know. I've always been a little bit conflicted about it. I was about to say, because I was about to bring up Sicko Mode, because it is one <laughs> song. There's no slashes, but it's broken up into three parts because there's three different producers on that track. And instead of having them all collaborate on one melody, one beat, um, they each got their own section. And so that's why you have the three very distinct sections of Sicko Mode is because not only do the features have their own part, but they all had their own producers. Like each section could have been its own song. And then they just decided to take like each, you know, about a minute and put it all together into one song. But I agree. That's very purposely one song. Like it's called sicko mode. Like it's one song, but here it's the ones on a rose slash roots. Like it's, it was intended to be two songs, but then maybe they thought it sounded better or thematically. It just ran really well together. So they put it, they combine the two tracks. I don't know. I can't say I hate it. I can't say I hate it. It is long, but <laughs> I don't hate it either. But it's like sometimes, like for particularly for that Imagine Dragons one, I like both those songs. I would like to listen to them separately. Mm -hmm. Um, 
American Idiot as an album is strictly telling a story, so it kind of makes sense that they would put the songs together. It's like narrative reasons. Like, all right, it's it's an an actual kind of like story. Um, but yeah, like Sicko Mode or, or Nights, it's called that, so it's implied that it is one song. So I always just feel very because it's usually two good songs that are put together. It's almost never something that I like like one and hate the other, and I'd like to listen to them both. But that's just my own opinion, I guess. Part of me wonders if it's like contractual with the um, huh. recording studio. Like if if um if the Citrus Clouds has like a three song deal with Old Tribe, the feature on all three songs in this project, but then they make a fourth one and they're like, "This is fire." <laughs> contractually, maybe. they're only signed on for three, so maybe they're like, "Well, if we put these two together." I don't know. I wonder. I do wonder how much of it is like behind the scenes, like you know, legality paperwork. Yeah, there's got to be monetary reasons behind it. Um, that's there always seems to be, you know. So oh oh yeah, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of stuff we don't do. That's what I got for nature song number one. How about how about nature song number two? I think I'm gonna switch up the order of the songs actually that I'm gonna choose. Um, because citrus clouds are kind of more instrumentals than full complete songs. I'm gonna go with the instrumental first for okay. my first song. Um, I came across this song when I watched Arrival a few years ago, and I don't think this song was made for the movie, but it fits it so well and creates the atmosphere for the whole movie. It is extremely moody, and it is purely an instrumental. It's a soundtrack song. There's no lyrics or anything, um, but it's called On the Nature of Daylight by Max Richter. Yeah, that one's kind of, I mean, I love it. It's great. And I thought, because part of me was like, this isn't really a song as much of as a score. And it is instrumental. So I wasn't sure how well it would work in like a road trip setting. Mm-hmm. But given that like, it's just kind of gotten dark. We're kind of trending in a moody direction. This song, it does kind of give you chills when you listen to it. Like it's a very atmospheric song. It's hard. It's not just like a very, it's not very... It's not plain at all. Like it's you have to feel something when you listen to the song. I think if you put this on during a road trip, I would jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, we might take it off. <laughs> this song might not make the playlist. <laughs> this is interesting because it's a it's a album that is strictly instrumentals from two thousand four. That's not for a specific thing. It reminds me of Dan the Automator because I've listened to Dan the Automator tracks separately that are just like not for anything and then he has also done scores and then this guy max richter seems to have been doing the same thing he did this uh score for the leftovers and odd Astra. um but dude arrival is this is such a good yeah it, it it brings back a lot of memories if you know the movie yeah arrival is still one of my favorite movies um i kind of have this weird thing where whether it's movies or like new songs the first time I watch something, I typically don't enjoy it very much. And I'm not sure why. I think with movies, it's just kind of like the first time you watch it, it's very face value. And then maybe you watch it again, you can kind of read into it more, kind of understand it. But Arrival, like I finished watching this movie and was like at least top three favorite movies, if not my favorite movie. I just loved every part about it. And the score is phenomenal throughout. This is like the cherry on top. The whole movie is so well put together 
The score fits every scene and sets the emotional tone. Oh, it's so good. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Dude, I want to watch this movie again because I love I loved it. I think I've only seen it once. And it's one Dennis Villeneuve is one of my favorite directors. And the twist is just heartbreaking at the end. Like you don't really see it coming. And then once it clicks, you're just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you're like, oh, geez. It is so sad. Fantastic movie all around. But this movie came out with um annihilation right they came out at the same time relatively speaking. i think arrival was a year earlier maybe i'm wrong though was it a year? i always put the two together for some reason both direct both dennis villeneuve and alex garland who did annihilation have similar um styles and they both like to work in the realms of like psychological thriller sci-fi and they have very distinct visions i would also say they're both i mean this might be wrong in the future because um dennis is doing um the dune adaptation but they're both so i want to say somewhat simplistic in like their aesthetic arrival has a similar aesthetic to ex machina where it's like grays Mm -hmm. and sort of like natural elements which fits both movies fit pretty well with today's theme so they're easy to kind of like uh, associate with each other and i think both of them are like two of my favorite creators right now yeah i remember like i remember annihilation spooked me out disclosure i didn't realize it was a scary movie going into it or just like not really scary <laughs> but kind of spooky it did get my neck shout out to the bear scene i haven't seen oh my god <laughs> so terrifying um, but i do remember it looked amazing like i loved as good as Arrival was, I liked how Annihilation looked better. I thought it was more creative and stylistic. Creepy as hell. I probably watched half that movie through my hands. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was... Both of those movies I kind of tie together. Maybe because they start with the letter A. I'm not really sure. I think... Um, I love both of them. Garland leads more into the horror elements. Where Villeneuve kind of goes more of just the psychological um route there's i don't think there's a i've only seen i think i've probably seen half of his movies so like arrival um and enemy both are just kind of like thriller-esque they're not really like scary scary Mm -hmm. um and garland likes to go more horror but both are excellent creators and i dude i need to watch arrival again because like it wasn't my because i think i like enemy better currently but i think arrival might be better i think enemy is just like my subjective self being kind of pretentious about it and i like jake gyllenhaal so arrival for me is the most complete movie like score 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 like story 10 out of 10 like everything is perfect about it dude and amy adams is such a good actress oh fantastic phenomenal throughout yeah it was so everyone played did so well but there was you read the book for annihilation right because that also had a yeah. Was that based off a book or? Well, yeah, Annihilation was based off a book and then Arrival was based off of uh, a short story. Okay. I don't, I think the short story is in Spanish. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think it's American. And I'm curious to read it because I think it's different. Both Both the people that we're talking about right now are people who like to do adaptations that are different from their source material, which is, I think, the way you should do adaptations to begin with. Um, 
that just keep the tone uh, going. And so both of them are just like really good at what they do and really good at telling a story, even if it's a little bit different from what they're basing it off of. Both great movies. I love both of those movies. I need to watch Annihilation now that I know what it's about. Because I feel like I just spent so much in that movie just kind of freaked out, not really knowing what was going on. But I am curious to watch it again. We've never had a book recommendation on this podcast, and that book is fantastic. I honestly liked it better than the movie, I think. The movie is pretty close. I like them both the same, roughly. Um, But the book is super ambiguous and just very interesting and i like how it's written um there's a video on youtube too that i would recommend to you called i think it's called annihilation and the art of adaptation or something it sounds like a nursery rhyme but it's like (laughs) just talking about how you're supposed to do uh adaptations i think comparing the book and the movie so i like them both but anyway uh both of us i think are only doing two songs today so the next song is definitely a little sadder now that I look into it. <laughs> this song is also very reminiscent to me of senior, junior year. It's by an artist named James Young, who is a super underrated artist. I really, really like him. And this song is called Moon, Di- Moon Dust, in parentheses, stripped, because it's the acoustic version. So, Because I like the acoustic version better. The brightness of the sun will give me just enough to bury my love in the moon dark. I picked the acoustic version because it's the one I heard first. That happens a lot where I'll like hear an acoustic version first and then end up liking it better than the original. Um, this artist I found because this EP, Habits of My Heart, the, the, the title song, Habits of My Heart, was like a Vine edit song that was used all the time classic (laughs) um and so i went to go look for it and this entire ep is really really good um or no i'll be good i think was the one that was used all the time habits of my heart and i'll be good were both used a lot for um but moondust is just so i don't know i i'm gonna use (laughs) melancholy is like the word of the word of the week for the past three weeks but there's just so much, dude. I, I I honestly don't even know. You can talk about it first. I'll think of something to say. I recognize the the cover now. I've definitely seen this cover where it's like it almost looks like it's like clouds coming out of his neck. I uh-huh. I think it's supposed to be like his head is blown off. It's kind of graphic, but they look like clouds to me. And I've definitely seen it before. The thing I I'm curious though, what you think about like acoustic versions? Like, do you typically find if an artist has a song and they make an acoustic version, are you more inclined to like the acoustic version better or the regular version better? It usually depends on what I hear first, but I'm almost always more interested in the acoustic version because I like, I've said it every episode, I love pop music, <laughs> but it's so overproduced a lot of the time um, or just like heavily produced that I really like hearing um, what the artist actually sounds like a lot of the time and i think the most interesting thing to me about it is that a lot of popular male artists for the past decade or two i mean always but in particular the 21st century um are very very high pitched and have a very high register 
And most of them are able to do that because they, they belt. And so when you do an acoustic version, mm. you can't really do that. And so I like hearing their either falsettos or their renditions of the notes that are a little bit lower so they don't strain their voice. So I like just, it sounds a lot more genuine. It sounds a lot more, it's almost a lot more relatable because it's like, okay, this is actually something that I could plausibly sing in the shower because it's not five octaves too high. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> This guy is uh, interesting, too, because a lot of his songs, like I said, when we were listening to it, my one of my favorite genres is white boy electropop, which is like <laughs> this guy, um, Eden, AJR, John Bellion. So his stuff is very uh, electronic based, very caked in a lot of uh, different synths. And so hearing the acoustic version, the arrangement is usually pretty different. He has a couple different songs where the arrangement is very different. And so the all of the background melodies in the original moon dust is different than, than this version. And so I just, I like this version a lot better. We talked about it last week with sleeping with sirens. I like their acoustic versions a lot better. So most of the time there's a song called, uh, I L Y S B. I love you so bad by Lainey where the acoustic version is infinitely better. So almost I'd say probably 80, 75% of the time. I like the acoustic version better. For me, it really depends on the genre. Like, like instantly I think of, um a song you recently showed me days in Mm -hmm. um and i do like the original version better i think it fits the song more appropriately than the acoustic version and i think what makes it so difficult is the acoustic version of songs changes the genre considerably i think most notably i can think of like adore you by Maisie peters like the regular version could just be a radio hit in fact many of the songs on her newest ep could just be a radio hit but the acoustic versions she released are so much more like heart wrenching and so much more personalized. And like, I think the acoustic versions fit the tone of the song better as far as what she's talking about, how she's feeling. But I understand why the original sounds the way it does because it's just going to get streamed more because it's more palatable for a wider audience. Like it can be a radio song. It could be on like a new music Friday kind of situation. Um, And I think most of the time I, I tend to agree. I think the acoustic versions do sound better because they sound more personal, more authentic, and are definitely easier to sing along to. But at the same time, I don't... Oh, it's hard to say I like them more, actually. I think they're just different. To me, it's just two different songs. Yeah, I think treating them as two different songs, I think, is usually the way to go um, because it does kind of change the genre. Because if you think about it, like singer songwriter is a genre. So when you're doing acoustic, it almost is just a singer songwriter. Um, and so there's a lot of artists that will, like I would assume that your example from Macy Peters, the acoustic version was probably the original version. And then she created it to be a little bit more uh, pop mainstream heavy and then did the acoustic version. So they always just feel a little bit like, like if you're writing a song, you're, writing it usually either just by yourself or to a guitar or whatever and so like the original is almost always the acoustic version and then you (laughs) change the production levels and stuff to make it a little bit more interesting potentially so yeah they're kind of just two different songs but if i would have to choose i would tend to go with the acoustic version but i i understand what you're saying so i think we're good with with moondust what's your final song all right my final song we're throwing it back to the 1900s ladies and gentlemen We're going all the way back to the year 1998. (laughs) (laughs) 
crazy crazy <laughs> far oh i'm pretty sure the song actually has nothing to do with nature and in fact i'm pretty sure the title is not referring to the flower but rather the human body part cool but the song is called iris by the google dolls yeah oh i do like the song a lot i love google dolls Dude, I can guarantee everyone our age has been in the following situation. <laughs> you either went out to eat or you're coming back from a road trip or more likely you're coming back from the airport after a long trip. It's a long ride home. You've been in the car for about an hour. The radio is playing. Maybe it's starting to rain even. And this banger comes on and your five-year-old self just kind of stares out the window pretending to be in a music video just just soaking it in soaking it all in watching the rain watching the raindrops have a race down your window using the street lights to illuminate your game boy that is not backlit in the backseat of the car dude it's a banger <laughs> i i mean i this was one of the only relatively modern songs that was on my ipod nano that i got for like my 10th birthday or something it's so I feel like despite the fact that it came in came out in 1998 and it's a little bit older, it's still a classic for like our generation. Even though it came out yeah, before most of us totally. were born, <laughs> it is so good. It was still on the radio for years and years after it came out. Um, and it just of all the songs that have been added to the playlist thus far, this is the most like driving like road trip like chilling in the backseat type song that i think i've of uh, i've added so far i can't think of a song i associate more with like long trips especially at nighttime than iris by the goo goo dolls <laughs> yeah this is just a very i think this is another very uh mass appeal song like i think i i think it was so popular with our generation because it's something that like our parents were could really get into also like it's just a good mm-hmm song um so it tr- it like transcends age and genre it's just like a nice song for everyone to get into um like i said it was one of the only songs on my ipod which is something that my dad loaded on it was like this and the killers <laughs> um, so yeah this one is this one is good what uh, do you have any uh do you have any specific memories with this song pretty much the memory i talked about earlier is like a very distinct like that happened several times like you know we would either be on vacation or you know just coming back from a trip and it would be super late at night you know way past my bedtime and i was psyched to be up this late and so i'm just kind of vibing to this song just <laughs> it's a very it's 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 weird because as nostalgic as it is there's not like one memory associated with it as much as it's just like a place like instantly right. I'm transported to like the backseat of you know the car I used to be drove driven to school in back when I was like five, six, seven years old. Uh-huh. Um just very, very nostalgic. A very generalized nostalgia, I would say. Did you have a Game Boy or a DS? So I actually didn't have either. 
ironically enough, I had these kind of, I had the Vita in middle school, but before right, the okay. Vita even came along, when we moved from Washington State to Virginia Beach, we drove across country instead of flying. And it was like an 11 day trip. Okay. And before we started the trip, my parents got me and my brother a bunch of like knockoff handheld little games that we <laughs> could play in the back of the car. But they were like single game devices only. Like one of them was Frogger. Dude, oh my God, I was just going to say that we had the same exact thing. Did it like pop up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. One of them was like a basketball one, I think. We uh-huh. had, I think, a soccer one too. Like we had like five or six of these small, like little handheld games. Um, but they weren't like backlit at all. Like, so as soon as it got dark, you're done. Like, you can't play the game. Um, and like, you know, like you can't turn the light on in the car. That's like yeah, a cardinal course. sin when your dad is going to distract the driver. It's illegal. You're gonna get <laughs> exactly. You're going to get pulled over. Um, and so you're just kind of like leaning against the window, trying to get this little game illuminated by the streetlights from the highway so you can barely see you're trying to play frogger which is intensely timing based but you only get the sudden bursts of light given the distance between like highway lights uh-huh, right. <laughs> which made it extremely difficult to play um but that's like yeah that's that was the reality of the of the technology back then we didn't have you know i couldn't like ask my mom to play games on her phone because like her phone was a flip phone like it wasn't an iphone with like angry birds or some shit on it like you know this is all we had and my brother and i were in separate cars because we had to bring both cars so it's not like i could even like play card games or something with my brother like it was just me and one of my parents um so yeah that's that's the vibe that's <laughs> that's the association i make with this song but that's pretty good this is a, a nice little relaxed episode yeah, nice and simple. Nice and we're toning it down. We have been toning it down. It is toned down. Never mind. <laughs> what what's uh what's what's the theme for next week? Well, next week next uh, sorry. Nice. <laughs> next week's theme is um actually pretty similar to the to the song I just recommended that I just added to the playlist. Um, it's emotionally nostalgic songs. So it's songs that you have. A weird attachment to either because someone you're not close to anymore recommended it or you heard it all the time as a kid like before like when you were really young and you weren't really like getting into music yet um but you have like a weird attachment to oh i'm excited for that it's gonna be a very personal episode yes sir everybody that's our episode on nature songs and uh thank you for listening thank you guys we appreciate each and every one of you we'll see you next time